0: The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherall.
1: Working in CX isn't always easy to do. But fireside chats without the fires can give you some clues. They talk to so many experts in the field, almost like the CX onion has been peeled.
2: So thanks,
1: Paul and Neil, for all you do for the CX crew through and through. Helping us learn and grow and be in the know. Thanks for all you do for the CX crew. On fireside chats without the fires.
3: Audience, you just heard Jenny Dempsey create a beautiful song for the podcast for you, the audience. My goosebumps have goosebumps when I just heard that. This is Paul and my first time hearing this. And I got—I held back a little tear there. I held back a tear. I got the goosebumps going. What a beautiful song, Jenny. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting
1: me uh, sing and write that for you. That was fun.
3: <laughs> Paul, I don't think we can beat that, right? Like we've had some amazing intros on, on, on the podcast, but
2: that's uh, – can't. Uh like like you, Neil. I was told about the tears. I got I got very emotional. listening. I was like Jenny, thank you so much. It was yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you.
3: Awesome. This is Fireside Chaps without the fires. This is we are recording Friday, February fifth. Uh, as already mentioned, we have the sensational Jenny Dempsey with us. Uh, for those of you that are not following Jenny on Twitter on LinkedIn, um, definitely follow her. She puts out some great content. It is also a, uh, the, the, the timing of this podcast is great because this is, is our first podcast since the announcement of ICMI's top 25 thought leader, of which there she is, Jenny Dempsey, at Jenny Sue Dempsey, is her Twitter handle. She is one of the top 25 thought leaders. And so the timing of this podcast is just sensational to have her. Jenny, congrats. Welcome. Thank you so much for that song. Uh, oh. We're thrilled to have you
1: heck yeah well thanks Neil
0: Paul and Neil congrats to you as well for being on the list Uh, you know we are all in this together in this industry and uh, it's wonderful to be recognized and I'm like thrilled to be here with you guys today I've listened to your podcast since you know it's been going on the last year gosh yeah been a year so uh almost a year right and
2: uh, almost
0: a year yeah so
3: yeah awesome. That, thank you. Uh, for those of us that, for those of you that have followed the podcast, you might have seen Jenny uh, during Customer Service Week. She was a guest on um, one of our LinkedIn Live sessions, I believe, with Leslie O. Uh, Leslie O'Flahavan as well. They, they, they put together a great session for that particular day. So this is her first time being a sole guest, but uh, she's been here before, and it's great to welcome her back. Um, so I've had a chance to know Jenny uh, through lots of interactions through mostly ICMI and ICMI events, I, the, what used to be the uh, hashtag ICMI chat. Um, but what I've really enjoyed about Jenny and where I mostly think of her is of course being a thought leader and a generalist, but there's an area of specialty in CX that few to none are talking about. And that is wellness in the contact center. And I, I, I don't know if I'm the one that's saying this or it's, other people have realized that but Jenny is the pioneer in my eye in what is wellness in the contact center. what a what an innovator, what a creative person, as you've already heard. Um, but let's we're going to talk some about uh, wellness in the contact center and then we're going to talk about jobs in CX. Um, that will be the second part of the contact center. and of course, we'll we'll delve into the final third that we always do with our guests, But we promise we'll get there. One final note. Uh, before I turn this over to Jenny, is audience, please, if you like our content, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to get positioned. It's a favor to us. Um, it, it's meaningful to us to hear your feedback, especially if it's favorable. But if it's not favorable, also let us know. We do this for you. We do this so that uh, we all learn together. We all listen a sense of community together. But that rating and reviewing is important to us. Thank you for hopefully agreeing to do so. Um, Jenny, let's jump right into it. Wellness in the contact center. How in the world did you innovate and discover and think that this thing is important to us? We're all thinking about metrics and technology and KPIs and uh, the C-suite. But all of a sudden, there's this thing called wellness. How did you? How did you happen in on wellness? What? What? What got you here? Oh my
0: gosh. Well, those things are all important too. You know, all the metrics, all that stuff. But honestly, what? Made me think about wellness in the contact center is that I was a customer service agent on the front lines and I was struggling with anxiety, depression. I was navigating an eating disorder and trying to, you know, keep a smiley face on and do my job and help customers. And I kept basically, you know, to use a popular term, burning out. Um, but it was so much more than that. It was my mental health. It was my physical health. It was my emotional health. And, um, I saw back in the day, like I've been in this industry, I sound like older, like, but I've been here doing this for 15 years, almost 16 years now. And, um, no one was talking about it. And I even like, I, I like had to go to this, um, eating disorder treatment program at a hospital and to change my work schedule as a customer support agent. And I didn't tell my, manager, the truth. I felt so ashamed. I told them I was going to nutrition school um, because it seemed relevant. I I am very interested in in health and wellness. It is something that I like, but it started from this place of like, I had to hide. I couldn't really tell someone this. And there was so much shame and no one, there's no articles online about self-care or, you know, wellness in the workplace 10 years ago, or even like five years ago. Like it just wasn't really out there. And I didn't think I would ever be the person sharing my story out in the world. Like, like no way, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, no, I would not have shared any of this. Um, but the more that I experienced, um, the more that I realized that there was, someone needs to say something because this is not right to not talk about this. And then one day I had an anxiety attack in front of my customer support team that I managed. And if anyone listening or, or Paul or Neil, if you've had an anxiety attack, like they're scary, they're uncomfortable. You don't know, like you don't know what's happening. You think something's really terribly wrong. And um, my team witnessed this. And here's the team that, you know, they relied on me, um, you know, to help them help customers. And I was, you know, suffering and they didn't know because I was always walking into work, like the happiest person in the world. and. Um, being real about it i knew that i had to change something i had to not only shift how i was dealing with my emotions at work and outside of work but i also had to deal with like and and shift my mindset around like how am i communicating myself to my team and showing up because if i'm not being real i can't be here to support them and so You know, I always say in order to take the best care of others, you must first take the best care of yourself. And sometimes that looks like exercise and sometimes that looks like eating well, but sometimes that looks like talking about your feelings. Sometimes that looks like just showing up and telling your team, I'm having a bad day. Um, And there's so many, like, it's different for everyone. There's no right answer. You know, I see these articles out there like hacks for self care. And I'm like, Mm, really, I don't know. I think sometimes it can give us ideas of directions to go, but there's not a one-size-fit-all solution, and that is what led me to go into health coaching school because I I simply wanted to learn more about like wellness from different perspectives. Um, but I also wanted to bring it into the contact center because no one's talking about this well-being and mental health angle, and I always just you know I talk about it because i struggle with it and i continue to struggle with it to this day there's there's a challenge that i still have to navigate and figure out best ways to take care of myself because i know that when i do that then i'm able to show up for my team i'm able to show up for my customers and so that's yeah that's really why i started talking about it because there wasn't a resource i didn't have anyone to go to or ping on a slack channel be like hey can we talk about self-care like no it didn't happen like and i couldn't yeah, and it wasn't something. It was taboo, taboo topic to talk about at work. So,
3: once you so bravely put your guard down and let people see what was going on, how do people react to it? Were they empathetic? Were they scared? Were they resistant to it? Really curious how that how it was perceived in your group and 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 in, in your immediate group and management. Uh, what the reaction was?
0: So. Initially, I thought worst case scenario. Um, I thought everyone was going to think i was nuts. I was going to lose my job and all of these other, you know, rabbit hole downfall things that you think. Um, But that day that I had an anxiety attack, um, I showed up later or the next day at work. There were flowers on my desk. My team wrote me cards. They were incredibly supportive and they were giving me hugs back in the day when we can actually hug people. um, They were giving me hugs and it was just very I, I mean i feel like i probably a good um a good result or good it was a good outcome for me because i had a supportive team and i didn't even know that that was something that i had access to um friends were supportive um and i i didn't go out and just like blab it to everyone at once it was very much a gradual thing and i started telling people who i trusted um, but even going to like speaking events and standing in front of a crowd of over a hundred people and sharing that I had an anxiety attack at work to a group of managers who manage a team and are probably burnt out and on the verge of having one themselves. I also thought like, here I am like uh, there was a point in my time when I was doing these speaking events, Neil, maybe I don't know if I've ever shown this to you. I literally thought I was doing like career suicide. I thought here I am. I'm putting it out there that I had an anxiety attack who's gonna hire me like <laughs> and i had that mental stigma in my head and i realized well then that's on them like it's a workplace culture thing to acknowledge this but i have not had the um instance where it's been a negative response it's always been oh my gosh i feel that way too i didn't know how to express it i didn't know how to talk about it i didn't i didn't know um or they're i'm welcomed with like a lot of kindness and compassion and so it's amazing what you do when you speak your truth. And if people don't acknowledge it in a positive light, cool, that's on them. Like if someone said something to me today, like I'd be like, cool, peace out. Like that's awesome you see it that way. I'm gonna be who I am and own my story. Um, and I know that they, I have a supportive network out there. And I think it's a matter of us, like for anyone you know, tuning in and it's kind of like, oh, I have this thing to say, like sometimes going to your boss and just like treating them like a psychologist isn't going to be your best bet. Like we have to really look at it from this perspective. Like who can we trust? Um, you know, I told my therapist a lot of things before I told anyone, any of my friends, like I had to work on things before I could make it public. Like I didn't just go, um, you know, to other, for lack of words, like go dump on friends. Right. Like we can't expect that of our network, but it was a matter of people saw it and I started owning it. And when I owned it, that's when I really saw the compassion and the support and the um, the ability to relate from, come through from so many people, which is
3: wild. What are you seeing um, companies doing, not only for their employees? Because we hear there's a buzzword, you know, I think corporate wellness, company wellness. I, I think a lot of companies are probably really good at giving off, the perception that they have wellness programs for employees. They give you an 800 number to call specialists. They, you know, maybe give you a little more flexible with time off. Of course, now many of us are working from home. So that's in theory translates into wellness. Yeah. What about in the contact center? Are companies that you can tell actually incorporating wellness programs into the contact center?
0: So what I'm seeing and noticing is companies giving their agents more flexible well first of all they're listening to what the agents actually want they're not just building a platform or, or providing a wellness program that's you know free lunch fridays i know becky mentioned at one point the pizza party friday um
3: we love talking about the pizza party right that used to be the wellness thing like oh we're gonna treat our employees well we're gonna give them a pizza party we're gonna put a ping pong table in the break room that's not wellness is it no
0: no absolutely not but the companies and i know uh, becky rumen had touched on this is it's just like they think they know what is going to support their team. And I know that comes from a place, I want to believe it comes from a place of good intention, but they're not asking their team what they actually need. And sometimes the team doesn't know what they need, but they still want to voice their input. And I see more teams now for contact center agents, whether it's an anonymous survey of workplace culture or specifically targeted to wellness initiatives, they're having a voice and they're able to communicate this. Now I don't necessarily see so many companies acting efficiently on the feedback, but I think in time it starts with asking and then eventually, you know, the action items will follow. Um, But giving, but I, I have seen another part of it where there's just more opportunities for the agents to make decisions for themselves. Like there, there's big teams, hundreds of people on contact center teams. You can't necessarily have um, a manager being someone who's gonna like address every single person. I know sometimes that's not realistic, but how can you empower the agents to have the tools that they need to take care of themselves? Maybe it's you know like um, and a subscription to a mental health. Um, related platform app or something. Maybe it's something uh, like a meditation or maybe it's something bigger. Maybe there's just better health benefits in general that people can access. Um, But giving them the tools and the flexibility where it's not, there should be no shame. If you need to take a day off for mental health or to see a therapist um, or, you know, whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, removing the shame from the culture, I'm starting to see happen more and more because People are talking about this stuff. It's happening. And especially now, like you mentioned, you know, with people being at home, like there's so many new types of things that are coming up for people when they're not able to be around their team. So many people are more people people, right? And they want to be around their team and they can't now. They're at home and everyone's on a screen and um, there's a lot of other mental health challenges that come up with that and companies are addressing it to the best that they can, and um, I don't think it's all companies, but I think a lot of them are acknowledging that.
3: You know, what makes me, I wasn't originally going to ask you this, but it's kind of occurring to me, if I'm the finance guy in a company, I'm, I'm hearing these ideas, I'm thinking, well, what do you mean I got to give extra days off and more personal days, and I got to give more and give more? Mm-hmm. And that guy or lady is probably thinking, what am I going to get out of this? Like, what's the, you know, the finance people, they they love ROI. What's the return on my investment I'm going to give, but what am I going to get from it? Have you looked at it? Like, how do you sell that concept to decision makers of why wellness programs are so important, what they're going to get in return for them?
1: Well, I think
0: it's a matter of creating a type of set of metrics. So one, you can look at, Turnover. Like, if we give people a certain amount of dates, does this affect us? And it obviously has to be measured over, you know, a longer period of time. I don't think this is something you can measure just over six months. I think the finance department has to be open to taking some risk. Um, But I also think you can measure it with productivity. Um, I think navigating that um, CSAT or even NPS, like, I feel like you could. There are very tangible ways to measure it, and if you create a structured plan with a very specific time frame and an end goal, being if we give people X amount of days off extra per year, what do what does the finance team actually want to see as that return, and how can you know we use these measurements to prove that that's happening? But it has to be structured over a longer period of time, which sometimes is hard to speak to people with the money. Um, They may not really uh, be open to that, but for companies that embrace that in their culture, there is opportunity to see an ROI. Absolutely.
3: So let's transition into a separate section, but I think it's absolutely related. Um, And I held off at at the beginning of the podcast session on purpose. Um, I have always known you as having a previous position that you changed recently, Jenny Dempsey is now the consumer experience manager for Appeal, and also serves as the customer experience manager for Fruit Stand. You have migrated positions. You have a new role, which is sensational. And by the way, I'm I'm wishing you all the best in the new positions, and I hope that you find wellness and happiness and success, which I'm sure you are. Um, but the the the. Uh, point of the the, the switch and transition over here is that we wanted to add an additional topic to the podcast which is cx employment and job change and all that comes with it parenthesis um i have seen that this cx world cx community at all levels of hierarchy in an organization has just exploded just look at linkedin the sheer number of people that have the term customer experience in their job title or something similar at all levels, it's no longer just the chief customer officer. There are managers, there are senior managers, there are directors, there are senior directors, there are VPs, there are C-levels, and there's everything else in between. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what you're seeing in CX jobs and where, where this field is going.
0: Ooh, yeah. There's been like such an increase in the amount of CX roles out there. And like you said, Neil, they vary from title to what you actually do in the role. And I think it goes along the lines with what does CX look like for a particular company? Because they all kind of define it a little differently is how I'm finding. And so if you start at one company and you've been working in CX and then you move to another company, they may, they may see it differently. The responsibilities might be different. The way that they view the customer experience from a top level is going to be a little different. And so I think like, Customer experience, it it really covers everything about like that customer's journey. Like what is it? Annette France, I, I, wrote, I actually have this on a post-it note by my desk. Her definition, the sum of all interactions a customer has with your brand and how the customer feels about those interactions. And I love that because it really covers everything. It's not just customer service. It's not just what's going out in marketing. It's not this. It's not that. It's everything. And that's a lot for one person in a role. And so to really segment that, but also to see more of those roles coming through into a company shows that the company is going to actually focus on these things, hopefully, and uh, make a change. But also it's going to involve other departments. And that's the biggest thing that i am noticing when I move from different companies is how many other people are involved in the customer experience that don't realize they're part of the customer experience until someone who is a customer experience leader, you know, joins the company and, and says, and I'm not saying that for, that's not what I have done, but like, I've experienced it a little bit here and there and I know other people are too. They don't know that they're part of it until someone tells them and um, it's, it's really interesting to see how that's exploding everywhere, but also how much impact everyone else has in other roles too.
3: If I were to take it, so I don't know much about um, where you previously worked in the companies you work for now, but I think if I could summarize it, you went from working for a company that offered a service,
1: mm-hmm.
3: now to companies that offer a product. Yeah, is that a, has that been a difficult transition or kind of are you, you it doesn't matter, a CX professional is a CX professional, is a CX professional no matter if it's a product or service like talk to us a little bit about that
0: oh my gosh so yeah that has been such a trip because in my mind at the end of the day customer service and customer experience it's really just people helping people so I walked into the situation with that on my mind like that is how I perceive it and so yes there are levels where it is the same you're still helping people you're still looking at the journey you're still trying to understand how they feel Um, but going from a service that's all online where i'm used to making tutorials of like how to you know navigate how to, how to update your email address you know very specific to then going to um you know now uh, appeal makes a plant-based protection that can for example avocados will last two times longer and so it's it's amazing but it's avocados it's not Um, you know, a service that you just subscribe to online and you log into a control panel uh, to navigate and set your settings. It's something that you eat. It's something different. There are so many other layers. And so, you know, navigating into something brand new and I've gotten so much amazing training and support from Appeal and Fruit Stand. I've learned so much. It's fascinating. And so to have the like support of a company that actually gives you the information you need is crucial when you make a change like this, but there are so many other things that just happens that I wasn't prepared for. And I had to learn on the go. Like no one can train you for everything and you have to just kind of have that mindset of like, here's my, here's my values about helping the customers. Now, how am I going to do it when I'm faced with something that I don't know how to do, especially when you've been in the industry for a long time. And, um, it's a trip. Like I questioned myself some days There were really hard days. Um, there are definitely really good days too but um, at the end of the day it's about supporting the customer and I just kind of keep that in my mind and then I just do my best and ask questions ask lots of questions I'm sure people on my team are like oh it's Jenny with another question <laughs> like yeah because I don't know and I, yeah.
3: Jenny from the, Jenny from the block became Jenny from Jenny with another question
0: <laughs> all good questions awesome. right
3: perfect Let's transition into the final third that we always ask our guests. Um, we have three questions and I think you prepared some responses for us. Please share with the audience um, a CX mythbuster that you would like to bust. Because I think, by the way, you are a myth buster in your own character and personality. You are taking in your own creative way, little axes to big myths and busting them. That's what you've been doing in your career. So successfully, I think it's, It's wonderful to see the way you you do it. What is one CX myth that you would like to bust? Please share that with us.
0: Oh, heck yeah. So I want to bust the myth that to create an excellent customer experience is really expensive for a business. That is just like such a load of BS. Um, There are ways to do it as a tiny, tiny startup without a big budget. And um, you can make it happen without having tons of money. Um, it might be a little harder, and you got to get a little creative, but it is possible.
3: Love it. That is certainly true. Where there's a will, there's a way. It's yes. not necessarily driven by dollars and cents. Yes. Excellent. Tell us about your CX quote that you would like to share, or quotes. Are there a couple that you'd like to share with the audience?
0: Yeah, there's a couple. So first is one that I say so, so much. Customer service is just people helping people. I think I've already said it today. Uh, but. Uh, One of my CX heroes, mentors, brother from another mother, uh, Jeremy Watkin, who is also in the customer service industry. He said that years ago to me um, when we used to work together and it just stuck. Like it became part of my core beliefs and um, everything that I do is really focused around that. Um, So I'm really grateful to him for saying that that day and, um, just helping guide me with the within the customer service world, um, and also Shep Hyken, who I admire, and I he once said the customer is not always right, but they are the customer because we go into these interactions sometimes, and we're like this just this person's you know really difficult to deal with, um, and we don't have to acknowledge that they're right, but they are the customer, and their feedback is valuable and something to learn from, how they experienced it. And um, I've always carried that with me kind of in my back pocket as well, because I, you know, we're gonna navigate difficult interactions with customers and um, just remembering that they might not be right, but they are still the customer and we still gotta do something about it.
3: So. <laughs> Perfect. Shep is one of the most oft, often quoted um, uh, thought leaders that that people often cite on on this podcast. And of course it's great to see Jeremy walking. Quoted because he's a friend and and guest, former guest, one time guest, and will be a repeat guest uh, of the podcast. It's nice to see his name. And of course, you, you had, so we'll, we'll go into the final third of the final third here of the CX heroes. So you did mention Jeremy Watkins. Again, we're huge fans of Jeremy Watkins. Great to see his name. Um, who are your other CX heroes?
0: Well, I like Leslie Flahaven is one of my top CX heroes. She's just a wonderful so cool. human being, but and and I love her. Like sometimes I refer to her as like, uh, you know, she's like my customer service mom. Like she's just, she's got an amazing heart. She's so caring. She's funny. You want to laugh, be around Leslie But also, I have learned so much from her. Whether it be, you know, an article that she publishes, I have a bookmark um, section on my browser that just has Leslie articles that I reference on a regular basis. So anything about writing and how to communicate, I feel like I have learned from Leslie, and I am so grateful for her. Um, Nate Brown is also on there. I'm continued to be in awe not only of his amazing outfits, but like <laughs> his bold vibrant personality where he just shows up in with the most exciting energy with, with everything that he does. You know, he kicked off CX Accelerator, and it's a thriving online community to get insight from CX leaders around the world. And he started that, and he just continues to be an amazing friend and um, just a wonderful human. Jeff Toyster is another one of my good, uh, good friends. And I like his books. I have them on my bookshelf right next to my computer desk. Um, I reference them. I share them with others. I've learned so much from him and around service as a culture. And it's really shifted my mindset and seeing him speak is also like if once we're back in person, be able to see Jeff Toyster on the stage, um, and talking through like, it's engaging and interesting and you'll learn something. And also I have Jeff to thank for um, an anchor tattoo that I have on my wrist, which is a funny story, which would be for another time. Or you could read about it. i like, there's a blog post I could share with you guys. But um, not. That he didn't get, we didn't get matching tattoos. We'll say that. But we should have, but we haven't yet.
3: We, um, <laughs> that's definitely going to be a topic for the next time you come back. All right, so <laughs> right, remember, footnote, anchor tattoo. Ask Dempsey, comma Jenny, asked Toyster, comma Jeff.
0: Yes, noted. Yes. matching tattoos soon to come. Jeff Toyster, you heard it here first. He's gonna love this. Um, another, so another individual that I admire, Marlena Morrison. She is someone that I have mentored in the customer service um, world for a little over a year now, and I have loved working with her to monitor, or not monitor, but like to just see her growth and see her get excited about customer service. She came from a non-customer service role, went into a customer service role, and just is an amazing person who understands the customer experience. She's very empathetic and cares about what she does and the information that she gives to customers. She's very creative, and I just continue to be impressed by, impressed and inspired, honestly, by her growth and her career path. And all the wonderful things that make her her um, and also Sherry Kendall of course her talk on you know inclusivity and just focusing on other challenges that can be faced in the contact center I I learned like anything she posts whether it's on Twitter and CX accelerator I learned something new because there's different ways to look at uh, you know agents possibly with disabilities and to navigate training and learning for specific situations like that, there's always something to learn. And she, I mean, talk about a pioneer. She's really leading the, the path on that and making it accessible for everyone to have information without any judgment. And I, I love her for that.
3: That's sensational. I really like hearing that you've taken an interest as a mentor and yeah. one of your CX heroes. That's, that's unique. I don't think we've, we've seen that. It's typically the other way around where our guests will refer to someone uh, that has been a mentor for 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 them. This is nice to see that it's it's the opposite. I think again, you, you're you're pioneering in this one. It's very nice to see that. And of course, Sherry is wonderful. Sherry, we need to get on this podcast as a guest at some point. Sherry Sherry's Sherry's powerful. Sherry Sherry's content packs a punch. It's uh it's it's really well well done and and thought provoking in a very good way. Yeah, love to yeah. hear it. So as we wrap up here, if I can put you on the spot. Okay. Can we ask you for another little round of the songs just to wrap up? Is that too much to ask?
1: Sure. It's just,
3: that, that was so powerful and, and um, just a, a really different, unique way to to enter and to exit the podcast if you wouldn't mind.
0: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Well, I'm, it's okay
3: to play the same one. I only have the Please, one. Please, of You get to play whatever you want, but if you could play that one, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> this is the outro, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Jenny Dempsey. <laughs>
1: Working, wait,
0: hold on, let me start over. Hold on, I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> Working in CX isn't always easy to do, but fireside chats without the fires can give you some clues. They talk to so many experts in the field, almost like the CX onion has been peeled. So, thanks, Paul and Neil for all that you do, for the CX crew, through and through, helping us learn and helping us grow, being in the know, through and through, thank you for all that you do, You don't even need a real fire, thanks for all that you do. I was going to bring some more, but it looks like I don't even need that because we don't have a fire. But we got Paul and Neil. Thank you.
3: Bravo. What a way to end this. Jenny Dempsey, thank you. Paul, how do, what else do we say? I mean, you, you go out with a warm feeling. This is this is what the, uh, the fire side, I think, does to us when we he, when he can wrap it up yeah. like that.
2: Absolutely. Although, Neil, I have to say, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed at the start of the podcast, mate. You didn't ask me how I am. Paul,
3: <laughs>
2: I know how you are.
3: I think the audience knows how you are, but you got to tell us anyway. How are you, especially after I'm, that beautiful thing we
2: just heard? It's Friday, it's Fireside Chats Out the Fires. Neil, I'm buzzing. I am buzzing. Of course, you're, you're buzzing. Always, you are. He's buzzing. He gets buzzing for,
3: for, for our, our Fireside Chats what a way to be buzzing. What a, what a great session. Awesome. Paul, I, I think, you know, we've, we've just set we continue to set the bar higher and higher. And this was one of those examples. We just set the bar even higher, okay. uh, with the song, with the content, with the unique ways that Jenny views this world, wellness, Brilliant. mentorship, um, being authentic in ways that are, are, um, are challenging I mean these yeah. are these are things that, that 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 people don't understand necessarily maybe it challenges our own sense of comfort and, and hats off to Jenny for, for making us think about these things
2: I think Jenny to be fair yes you've been a wonderful guest so I'm, I'm emotional about the song I kid you not I've never heard my name in 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 a, in a tune and to hear that somebody like you considers what we're doing here to be so highly thought of is is something that Uh, Yeah, I never thought I'd hear. So thank you very, very much. Um, I I actually think you've been extremely brave on today's podcast. You've spoken about something that's very close to your heart and it's very personal, but you've spoken about it with great sincerity, great authenticity, and you can't buy that. So thank you so, so much for, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Neil, this is the first podcast that you were saying since the ICMI list, and as well as Jenny, it's only fair, mate, that I call you out as well. So Congratulations being on one of the top twenty-five thought leaders. Thank you, mate. Thank you. And I know you did some drum beating on my behalf. I, I really appreciate it and know I'm honored about. and
3: privileged. I don't know what you're talking I, about. I, I appreciate it, man. It's it's an honor. You know, the great thing about this, not not just ICMI community, the ICMI community is, is is a place that we get together. but it could be the ICMI community, it could be a place we're physically in the same place, it could be in Twitter, it could be now in Clubhouse, it's LinkedIn, it doesn't matter there are relationships that we've been formed and what we've been able to do today with Jenny is an outgrowth of that, of these relationships that have existed, what we learn from each other. We seek each other out when there's questions, when there's things to talk about. This is, um, this is a, a, I would call it a lifelong project and I don't see it. I I just see it thriving and continuing to thrive as we grow. And what we do here on this podcast and having these guests is just a, a a tremendous privilege. So, so thank you.
0: Let's, uh, just to add to that, real quick, you guys are creating resources for people coming into the customer experience world. They can listen to these and learn from them as they venture into their careers. So, thank you for creating that resource. It's important. Thank you,
3: thank you, and thank you. thank you for being that resource. Thank you for your bravery, Jenny. Final mm-hmm. note to audience: Again, if you wouldn't mind if you're moved to do so, please rate and then review it. It helps us. Please share feedback with us. Please share topics that you like, topics or guests that you'd like to see us interview and bring on and discuss. Um, we do this for you. Um, That's what we're here for. It is Friday, February 5th, closing out Fireside Chats Without the Fires. Once again, Neil Toff, Paul Catherall, and the sensational Jenny Dempsey.
1: Thank you. Thanks, guys.
3: This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter
0: at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions
1: are always welcome. Thank you for listening.